0: This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is sponsored by Grand Heron International. Through a growing network of credentialed and vetted coaches, Grand Heron International brings you on-demand coaching with Coaching On-Site and the Coaching Assistance Program for Corporations. Whether you are a company committed to investing in your leaders, an individual navigating a complex situation, or a coach searching for a superb network of coaches, visit us at GrandHeronInternational.com.
1: Welcome to the Keep Leading Podcast, a podcast dedicated to promoting leadership development and sharing leadership insights. Here's your host, the Leadership Accelerator, Eddie Turner.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Keep Leading Podcast, the podcast dedicated to leadership development and insights. I'm your host, Eddie Turner, the Leadership Accelerator. I work with leaders to accelerate performance and drive impact. I'm here today with the accidental accountant, Peter Margaritas. He is the author of Improv is No Joke, using improvisation to create positive results in leadership and life. Peter is also the author of Taking the Numb Out of Numbers, Explaining and presenting financial information with confidence and clarity. Peter's mission is to have CPAs and business professionals believe that using plain English is the best way to communicate their technical knowledge. I am
2: excited to welcome Peter Margaritas. Peter, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Eddie. I've been looking forward to uh, our conversation for quite a while. I have too.
0: I, in fact, <laughs> I should tell people how you and I met because uh, I guess it was about three or four years ago at this point, my mentor, Bob Dean, and you are friends, and yes. he had been on your show. And, and I should say you have a fantastic podcast that we want people to tune into. And uh, Bob Dean had been on your show. And as a result, he said, hey, you need to know Peter Margaritas. He said, I think he's actually a speaker like you. And so, of course, that intrigued me when he talks about uh, someone who's a speaker and a fellow member of the National Speakers Association, or NSA, as we always say. So you and I got connected, and later on, you had me as a guest on your
2: show. It's one of the first podcasts I was ever on. And it was a great conversation, and it was a lot of fun having conversations with you. I love your, your, your thought process and your approach to leadership. And, and I congratulate you on your show. I hear it's just blowing up out there.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Well, I appreciate you saying that. There's something else we now have in common, Peter. What happened in Denver? I'll let you tell everybody.
2: Oh, in Denver, we received our certified speaking professional uh, credential. Per se, uh, in the form of of a medal that we got um, to walk across the stage in Denver on the main stage and to the applause of the entire National Speakers Association members who were attending that day. And um, I will say to the audience, I didn't hear my my clap uh, (laughs) because you're you're so in the moment. But I came up to you after we were all said and done. I said, Eddie, did you hear the people were clapping? How loud they were clapping for you? And you said the same thing. I didn't hear anything. I said, Man, they were like cheering. for you dude well
0: you're very kind you did have, you didn't have to say that but no it, it was something where you're kind of in the zone for that moment you're walking across the stage and i'm thinking don't trip don't do it <laughs> right so no i didn't hear anything
2: <laughs>
0: i was thinking the same thing walking on eggshells
2: <laughs>
0: and i never get nervous but i was nervous yeah same. i was nervous same here same here. <laughs> well, congratulations to you, my friend. I'm so proud of you and all that you've accomplished and super thrilled to be able to share that with you. Oh, back at you, my friend. So you wrote a book called Improv is No Joke, using improvisation to create positive results in leadership and in life. What motivated you to write this book?
2: You know, I had met a a publisher, Advantage Media, my name is Adam Witte, and actually a colleague and I were were talking about maybe co-authoring a book. But just talking with them, uh, I I wanted to get a private audience and and kind of discuss the stuff that I had in my head. I I couldn't get it out and and put it on paper. And I've been using improv as as a leadership tool for 20-plus years. And it was just the ability to sit down and talk to Adam and go through the process that I was able to get these thoughts that I had swirling around in my head for years out of my head and on the paper. And it was just something I, I just, I, I just wanted to do. I felt that I have a very strong passion for the use of improvisation as a leadership tool. Now, those seem like opposite
0: or con- con- contrasting ideas, right? Improvisation, many people
2: think of that, and they think of comedy. you're going to make people laugh. How does that relate to leadership? Actually, I love to make people laugh, and that's how I first got involved with with improv. But when I started learning more about it, it it's it's all about being being one, being present, being in the moment, and the ability to listen but listening to understand versus listening to respond. And if you think about leadership, those two factors right there, just the ability to be present in the moment with your team and listening to what they're saying and absorbing it and parking your agenda and truly get what's the old school term, giving them your undivided attention. Those two pieces of leadership, I've seen a lot of it in, in my day, is missing. And those are the key skills in in improv. So, yes. So when I hear
0: you talk about being present, I hear you talking about listening with a view to understanding, not just listening to get your next words in as the hearer. These are foundations of coaching. And as I, as I listened to you explain that just now, and I see you unfold that in your book, I thought about that and I didn't necessarily make the connection before that improvisation has to coaching, but I could see that. And you actually get into another aspect of the correlation between coaching and improvisation. And that is the use of yes, but versus yes, and. Can you
2: talk about that? Uh, yes, and is the glue. Yes, and is a way of life. Yes, and is I, I've got I, I've got cufflinks that say yes, and I I got shirts that say really? yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got custom made cufflinks that said yes, and, and and I'm actually considering having yes, and in all seriousness, I have, I haven't I've never had a tattoo, but I believe in it so much that I'm thinking about having a tattoo on my arm that says yes, and. Now, that's serious. And, and it's, it's, I believe it so much because think about it this way. When somebody, if you have a conversation with, with a leader and they go, no, because, and give their reason, when you hear the word no, that stops the conversation completely. And if you're trying to have a conversation, it becomes combative. We've mm-hmm. all had these conversations. Even to the point of, yes, But it's like I'm I'm getting lip service because they're still going to push their agenda off on me and and they're not listening to me. Yes and about agreement, but not always agreeing. It's the agreement that I'm going to listen to you, that I'm going to be empathetic and try to put myself in your shoes to get a better understanding of where you're coming from. And I'm going to add something positive to it. It's, It's about moving forward in a positive direction. And when you use yes and, in a conversation and add something positive to that conversation, the outcomes are endless. It motivates, it inspires, it drives, it solves problems. And, and, you know, we all have to report to someone. And in that role of reporting to someone, we're going to have to say yes, even though maybe at times we don't want to, but we should, and we're going to have to, um, it just makes it a much more pleasant conversation. Well,
0: if I'm listening to this as a leader and I'm wondering, well, how do I use this? How can I make practical application?
2: Do you have a practical example of how you've used this, Peter? I got a better one. I, a gentleman who I interviewed who uh, worked for a Honda uh, He shared with me once that uh, he read the book and he was observing two colleagues uh, at work. And one, he could clearly tell that the leader was not listening. To the person who's trying to communicate to him and, and it kind of became very combative and he stepped in and just kind of said, you know, have this conversation at a later time when you have the ability to spend the time to be able to listen to each other and each other's side of it because th- this person was going from one meeting to another meeting. And someone stopped him and said, hey, do you have a moment? He should have said, no, I don't, not at this time. But let me find a time on my calendar when we can actually have this conversation and not be distracted. And, you know, so I'm able, that goes to the whole listening piece. And he went on to say that uh, he took the, the leader aside and said, you know what? Try using, you don't have to use the exact words, but the essence, the philosophy of yes, and, and put yourself in this person's shoes and try to figure out where they're coming from. And the gentleman that he was speaking with came back to him later that day and thanked him. He said it actually did work. They were actually able to have this conversation. It was, it was kind of hard because he goes, I'm not used to saying yes, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm. We have to make sure that we're agreeing with what you're. We're understanding where you're coming from, and we're trying to add on or explore and trying to find out what the whole root of the the issue is. And it goes through a lot of what we're doing right here: listening, asking questions, listening, accepting the response back, not getting defensive, asking more questions, and, and it, it. But it, it's easier said than done. So you have the ability
0: to create options and keep a door open versus slamming it shut. Is that
2: what I hear you saying? Exactly. And you said it much more eloquently than I just rambled on. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. Well,
0: so that's a key, right? Interesting that he said he's not used to saying yes. (laughs) So kind of drawing a line in the sand, so to speak. Well, the other component of that is to be able to make that shift you have to listen and in your book you talk about listening with your eyes not just your ears talk about
2: that if you would you also have to understand your environment what what you're in also looking with your eyes listening with your eyes you're watching body language you're assessing if the person you're communicating with is one hearing you and understanding you or do they have that deer in the headlights look or do they seem distracted and that's a key piece in listening is, am I engaging my audience? Are they with me or am I boring them? And then i not hearing a word that I'm saying. And, and, and that's a key piece as well.
0: Listening to understand if I am engaging my audience and to do that, you can't do that just by the auditory capability of listening. You're saying we have to add the visual component.
2: Yes. The auditory part of it, you have to have some passion behind what you're trying to say and try to dismiss the anger or whatever. But what you're trying to communicate to your audience and make sure that they're understanding or at least connecting with you through the visual aspect of reading their body language. So you and I are having a
0: conversation and we're two leaders in an organization and you're trying to talk to me. And as you're talking, I am making notes on my mobile device. What message am I sending you? Well,
2: the, the first message that probably comes out is, what, what's Eddie tweeting now? Or is, <laughs> is he playing Angry Birds? Or what is he doing? So I think anytime we use mobile devices, there's always that little bit of skepticism of what they're actually doing. You know, so if I know you and know, we've been working together for a while and we're having a conversation and I know that you're taking notes, I should as that leader just kind of slow my pace down a little bit because i see that you're trying to record what we're saying so i need to back off on my cadence and my speed and talk a little bit slower so you can take those notes and then we can continue the conversation
0: and then if you're not sure that i'm taking notes but you're talking to me and i'm just typing on my phone and you don't know what i'm doing
2: i would ask you a question whatever we're talking about, I said, Eddie, did you, was, I'm sorry, did you get, catch that when I said, and just see if you kind of stumble over yourself and then ask, you know, is there something going on? I, I we're having a conversation, but you seem very distracted. Is, is everything okay? You know, did you just get an important text from, from someone that, that you need to, to leave? I completely understand.
0: Yeah. Because the idea with, with what you're ex- expressing there for us is that you could, you and I could be speaking to each other and I am talking to you and I say talking deliberately, right? But not necessarily listening to you because I am multitasking. And so I'm sending you a message. And if um, I am doing that, I am not coming across effect, as effective as a leader as i like to in that moment. And I am not listening to you with my eyes, uh, just giving you my ears. So it's important as a leader to make connections with people and to be effective to be able to do both when possible.
2: Right. And just so everybody in your audience understands, we are not wired to multitask. <laughs> we are wired to single task. And when we multitask, whether it's, you know, typing something on the phone, sometimes even taking notes. And this is where it becomes difficult. We miss part of the conversation. And that's the that whole trying to listen to understand and being present, not getting ahead of ourselves and not thinking in the back, but being present and understanding that context of the conversation. And then at some point, when the the conversation is done, is sit back and take notes and and kind of recap what was said. Yes,
0: indeed. In fact, I believe there was a Harvard Business Review article that makes that same point that you just said, Peter, and that it's not that we are truly multitasking. We're just doing multiple things and giving it uh, smaller percentages of our attention and thereby actually coming back. performing at a less than efficient rate than what we would ideally like to be at. So I couldn't agree with you more.
2: Exactly. and Actually, uh, the former CEO of the Ohio Society of CPAs, the year, anytime I went in to see him, I was chair of the board at one point in time, this guy, he he loved his toys. He loved his BlackBerry at the time. And he was, you know, kind of a, a gadget kind of guy. But every time I came into his office to speak, he would walk around his desk and sit opposite of me but to a place where he can't see his computer or his devices so he could have that one-to-one conversation without those distractions and i don't see that as much in corporate america uh, as i used to but he knew that he needed that to get bring his undivided attention and eliminate those distractions
0: i like that no that's true that's a very good practice so this is um Interesting, as we make the connection, you're talking about the ability for improvisation with leadership and you define the improvisation for us. But this ability to pick up things in the moment using our senses and use what's in the environment. Can you tie that for us as to how leaders really benefit
2: by doing that? Well, in our daily lives, they are so busy. And the workplace doesn't even resemble anything from the 70s, 80s, 90s. Technology has helped us move at a quicker pace. And the ability for us to adapt to different environments, different situations, different business decisions, that we can't be stuck on an agenda We have to be open to other people's ideas and other people's thoughts because, you know what, the collective knowledge outside of your office far exceeds the collective knowledge inside your office. And if you think you're always right, that's called ego. And ego can get in the way of true leadership and uh, the ability to be adaptive. Ability to say, my idea might not be the right idea, but your idea is better, will only help the organization grow and, and adapt in, in this very disruptive business environment.
0: Thank you. Well, we're talking to Peter Margaritas, and he's explaining to us the importance of improvisation and leadership. We'll talk with Peter more right after this.
1: This podcast is sponsored by Eddie Turner, LLC. Organizations who need to accelerate the development of their leaders call Eddie Turner, the leadership accelerator. Eddie works with leaders to accelerate performance and drive impact. Call Eddie Turner to help your leaders one-on-one as their coach, or to inspire them as a group through the power of facilitation or a keynote address. Visit eddieturnerllc.com to learn more. This is Jai Vargas, CEO and founder of The Latinista, and you're listening to the Keep Leading Podcast with Eddie Turner.
0: We're back, everyone. We're talking to Peter Margaritas, the accidental accountant, and he's explaining the importance of improvisation and leadership. Now, Peter, I enjoyed that conversation before the break, but I'd like to switch gears a little bit now here as we go into the second half of the program. You wrote a second book, and it's called Taking the Numb Out of Numbers. I love that title. And your (laughs) subtitle is Explaining and Presenting Financial Information with Confidence and Clarity. So tell us why you wrote this book.
2: So don't hold this against me, Eddie. I am a CPA. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm not a very good one, thus the accidental accountant. (laughs) But in my 20 plus years being in the accounting profession, in a variety of capacities, the one thing I've noticed and one thing I know is that when financial people try to communicate to non-financial people, they put them to sleep, they bore them to death, and and, and it's just not a productive conversation. Uh, And it dawned on me one day that I, I figured out the problem, is that accountants don't realize they speak a foreign language, the foreign language of business called accounting. And they need to look at that language as they would look at if they were, if they were speaking Greek, Italian, Chinese, Japanese, the, the person who's listening, who's receiving this information, it's to them. It sounds like for those who remember Charlie Brown's teacher, wah, 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 wah. So, but, the information that the the, the the financial professional is trying to provide the non financial is important, and, and they need to act on it. Versus, oh my god, I can't wait till this conversation's over. I'm gonna go watch grass grow and have it be more exciting. Um, and that's what led me to really start to think about writing this book and as a presenter and i have presented financial information you know and this goes to financial information or any information when we're presenting we need to make it engaging we need to create stories stories that have emotion which which you know we remember versus facts and figures don't make decisions facts and figures are there to help support but it's the emotion that helps us make decisions And as John Medina wrote in his book, Brain Rules, uh, we don't pay attention to boring things. Mm. And numbers, figures, facts, statistics by themselves are just boring.
0: But if you've ever seen people explain those things, which of course you have, they don't
2: think they're boring. They just are into it. They think it's fascinating. (laughs) because, and this is the other key piece here, because they're thinking about Mm, themselves. And and some will think about that and they want to use big words because they want to sound important. I'm trying to get them to, this switch came to me some years ago, but I'm trying to get them to switch it and think about what? Put yourself in that person's shoes. Think about your audience first. Mm -hmm. And if you know that you're speaking to a bunch, let's say sales people, and you know they don't have a, you know, great financial background as you as you do, the, the, the giver of the information. Then, how can you put the main points in context? Can you use analogies? Can you use stories? Can you, in order for them to understand? So, quit thinking about yourself. Think about your audience and tailor your financial conversation, your complex financial conversation, to something that is more along the lines of plain English.
0: And why can we say that is a leadership skill, Peter? The ability to take these complex concepts that need to be explained and explaining them with clarity and in English, as you say,
2: uh, really important. You want the organization to act on what you're trying to provide them. The financial information is, is essential for the success of any organization, no matter the size. And the ability to communicate it in a way that everybody within the organization can understand and can act on will help the organization in the long run. The better we have an understanding of the accounting function, per se, and how it relates to decision making, but take it out of the formal context of accounting language and put it into plain English, And I I do, in the book, I talk about Delta Airlines. And if I was the CFO of Delta Airlines, and I'm trying to explain the income statement to the group, and I know most of that audience doesn't have a financial background, I would explain it using something that everybody would understand. I would put it in context of a dollar bill and say for every dollar we receive from our passengers for the privilege to fly on our airlines, then 22 cents out of that dollar goes to payroll costs. And I would start dividing that dollar into what those costs are to demonstrate the income statement and profitability. But I'm not going to get into the weeds. I'm just going to give them enough for basic understanding. But a lot of times the CFO wants to go deep into the weeds and and the intricacies of accounting and tend to use facts and figures and stuff where that dollar bill, it's telling a story. Story. there's stories, there's a story behind the, the numbers and I'm just trying to get it, get that story out. And so people can act on it and have a better understanding.
0: Well, thank you. And I really appreciate that illustration. Uh, even I can understand that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's what we have to do. And that is a leadership skill because people will not take action, as you said, if they don't understand. And so, Being able to take the complex information and translate it into everyday speak, everyday English moves people to action and allows the company to get its results. So in addition to that illustration you use, which makes it very clear and easy for us to understand, you give a blueprint to your readers in the book about how they can go about telling stories in such a way. You mind sharing that?
2: Absolutely. And it ties back into my first book, Improv. My storytelling system is basically using Improv as an acronym. The I is for identify. Identify a time where something went wrong or identify a time that you solved a problem. Okay. The M is take that, what you've identified in mind for details. Where were you? Time, place, date. What happened? What were the surroundings? Was it raining that day? As many details as possible. We're not going to use all those details in the story, but it'll also help us in crafting that story. The P is the pivot. Now, all good stories have a hero and a villain. The pivot is when the villain comes in, when something happens, when something happens that you can't go back. You can't take a step back. And, And then we have the ability with the R, to raise the stakes, uh, to not lie, embellish a little bit, take a little creative artistic licensing here. And because the more tension that we add to a story, the more we keep the audience's attention. So by the ability to do this and then get out of the story with the O, and being out is... I'm going to turn this back on my audience. I'm telling a story. I'm going to turn it back on on them. And I'm going to say, have you ever, has this ever happened to you? Have you ever been in this situation before? And then you see the audience's head kind of connect with you. And if, if you put this all together and do it right, the V is victory because you succeeded in getting your point across to your audience. So they all have some basic understanding. Very good. Thank you for sharing that. What a powerful tool
0: for people to be able to use. The acronym of improv to tell the stories. Now, Peter, when you think about the uh, conversation you and I have had, how would you say you would like to summarize this? What's the overarching point you want
2: listeners of the show to take away? The overarching point is just remember these two words. Yes. And If you put your antenna up and listen to yourself, see how many times you say no because or yes, but. And when you hear yourself beginning to to say those words, see if you can substitute yes and in it and spur a conversation. Uh, We hear, you know, I think I read a statistic that 73% of people leave work because of lack of appreciation, leave a job because of the lack of appreciation. The ability to listen to somebody else's thoughts and ideas is a way of showing appreciation. So as a leader, we want to inspire, we want to motivate, we want to you know help build and show appreciation to our folks. Take the yes and approach. Wonderful.
0: Thank you. And on the Keep Leading podcast, Peter, we like to give leaders something that they can think about it helps them to keep leading. Do you have a leadership quote you like to share with us?
2: Absolutely. My favorite leadership quote comes from uh, Simon Sinek, and he, he says, leadership has nothing to do with your title. Leadership is the positive effect that you have on another person. And the first time I heard that, I, I, I really liked it, and I parked it in, in my memory, and A few days later, I was going through, uh, uh, Washington DC Reagan airport. It was uh, like nine o'clock at night. There's hustle and bustle. And I walked into the men's room and the place was, you know, full of guys and people washing their hands and stuff. But I saw the restroom attendant and he looked like he had a bad day, bad week, bad year. He just, his body language was just exhausted. So I kind of made my way over to him and said, excuse me, sir. Um, I would just like to say thank you for keeping this restroom as neat and clean as it is during crazy times like this. Uh, You're doing a fantastic job. Something along those lines. He looked at me at first like I was crazy and he smiled and he began to stand up straight and stick his chest out. He goes, thank you. Thank you. Nobody ever talks to me. People Hmm. just ignore me. My boss doesn't even say thank you to me. You just made my day. How about that? And that's exactly how I thought I went. It's right. So leaders, everybody in your organization is a leader if they take this approach and have a positive effect on another person.
0: Indeed. Very well said. And every person is contributing to the success of the business, even if it's a role that's not in an office and it's in a role where it's a task like that, keeping the restrooms clean, because if restrooms aren't clean and tidy, uh, you're going to have some complaints and you'll lose customers. Exactly. Well, very nice. Thank you for sharing that. I like that quote a lot. I first learned that principle in when, when my studies at GE, at uh, GE University, Crotonville there, uh, what they taught us about the difference between leadership and influence. And later on, had that cemented uh, through my studies under Dr. Ron Heifetz. So when I heard Simon Sinek saying that as well, I was like, wow, he's made it very popular. And um, I think more and more people are starting to see the value in that. So really appreciate you sharing that. Where can my listeners learn more about
2: you? They can contact me at Peter at Peter Margaritas.com or then go to my website, petermargaritas.com, and my last name is spelled M-A-R-G-A-R-I-T-I-S. It's spelled like an inflammation, but pronounced like a cocktail. <laughs> Peter,
0: spelled like an inflammation, but pronounced like a cocktail. Uh I like that. <laughs> <laughs> And that's one of the things about you. You are not the normal accountants. I can see why you say you're the accidental accountant. You said it's because you're not a good one. I don't believe that. You are <laughs> a person who truly has an amazing personality. You're warm, you're funny, and you're down to earth. And I think people find you very relatable. So no doubt uh, that is one of the reasons you've been so successful in reaching your audiences. And I see you're always traveling all around the country, jet setting from here to there. And so thank you for all that you're doing for the speaking community. You served as the president of the NSA Ohio chapter and uh, certainly for what you're doing for the accounting community and helping folks to understand that everyday normal people, we need you to bring it down to our level. So great job, Peter. Thanks, Eddie. And thanks for having me on the show. Thank you, Peter. And thank you for listening. That concludes this episode, everyone. I'm Eddie Turner, the leadership accelerator, reminding you, that leadership is not about our title or our position. Leadership is an activity. Leadership is action. It's not the case of once a leader, always a leader. It's not a garment we put on and take off. We must be a leader at our core and allow it to emanate in all we do. So whatever you're doing, always, Keep leading.
1: Thank you for listening to your host, Eddie Turner, on the Keep Leading podcast. Please remember to subscribe to the Keep Leading podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen. For more information about Eddie Turner's work, please visit eddieturnerllc.com.
0: Thank you for listening to C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business.